you agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility, even for our ancestors that did not know any better? been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs> well, it's Wake Up With KC, and I always am fascinated when I come across people that have experienced something horrific, uh, a horrific trauma in their life, and they overcame. They transformed their, their lives and they're living their best life now. Please welcome David Keck. David, welcome to Wake Up With KC. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Well, I was fascinated about your, your story and you know what you, how you overcame, how you transformed your life and what you're doing to also help others overcome. Can you share with us, you know, that story? Sure. So um, I am 40 years old. And when I was 18, I came out of the closet. I uh, am an open gay man. And I never knew hate existed until uh, seven years ago. It was actually seven years ago this past Sunday. So just a few days ago was the anniversary which I hate the word anniversary because it sounds like something you want to celebrate. Um, but I guess the cliff notes of it is some friends of mine and I went to um, a straight bar um, where we, we always go. It was kind of our cheers and uh, we would karaoke and we're such, I always say that we're a, a coat of many colors. We're so diverse, you know, we're gay, we're straight, we're black, we're white, we're all the things and we all just love each other and accept each other. And I uh, was targeted that night um, by a man that was discharged from the military for drugs and was driving through Knoxville to go home. And he stopped in at the bar. And uh, so the surveillance cameras show that my friends and I left. And then three minutes later, he left. Um, of course, I don't have memories of what happened. It's just what has come out uh, through trial and through, I guess, interviews of uh, witnesses. Um, but he was, again, trained military. So he followed me home, uh, knocked on my door, and I answered it. And he had me knocked out in first hit. And he spent, they're estimating about two hours of uh, brutally raping me with his uh, body. Um, as well as foreign objects. Um, he was beating me until, until he thought I was dead. He took my cell phone and uh, called the mother of his children and was telling her that I was flopping like a fish out of water and until I stopped. And then he hung up from her, stole my car, my money, uh, went bar hopping. He went to a bar and was bragging about the gay guy he just killed, but he was using the uh, F word. And they kicked him out of the bar. He was covered in my blood. They didn't call the cops. They thought that he had just been hunting and was just drunk. 
and talking stupid and they kicked him out and he ended up wrecking my car um, from drinking. And when the cops came to the scene, he again was covered in my blood. There was no open wounds on him. And he had my ID, my car registration. And so he confessed to murder. Uh, they found my body 18 hours later and was pronouncing me dead. And as they were putting the blanket over my body, my foot moved. And the detective was like, this, this guy isn't dead. And uh, it, I had to, to learn how to walk again. Um, they, they estimated that I spent about 18 hours um, laying in my own puddle of blood. Uh, due to lack of oxygen, I suffered from uh, some memory loss and temporary amnesia and a mild form of brain damage that I was able to overcome. Uh, but during this time of trying to overcome, uh, the media gets my story and they get my story from his confession. He had told the police that he did what he did to me because I sexually propositioned him. So the media then releases a story to the public that gay guy goes to straight bar, brings straight men home for sex and gets beat up. So I then start getting uh, death threats to the point that cops have to stand outside of my house 24 seven because people were driving by and taking pictures. It's kind of like I became famous in a small town, but, but people wanted to hurt me and, and, the quote that really sticks with me that uh, I kept getting in emails and phone calls is that they were wanting to find me and finish the job. So I uh, also had to face him um, in court during trial and I, I got down to 98 pounds. I uh, was very depressed. I got to the point to where I felt like he had one job and he couldn't even do that. And I, wanted I, I wished he would have is the kind of state is where I was for a while I was in a very ugly dark place for a while wow and what was the result after the hearing like was he found guilty did I mean with all the other evidence that you just shared of witnesses saying what he said and whatnot, and then he turns around. I mean, didn't the media get even wind of the witnesses and interview them? So this happened around the time that the LBG, uh, LGBTQ community was very outspoken and fighting for rights and, and acknowledgement. Um, and it was during election year for judges and, and all of that. So um, they wanted it swept under the rug. When the media started releasing the story of what really happened and that I was the victim, um, the judge called all the news stations and made them take down every single video um, and news article or report except for the very first one that blamed me. Uh, the, the My attacker... Um, was sentenced to one year in uh, jail uh, for attempted murder. Um, and he was released I, on my birthday. I got a phone call and it was a number that I didn't recognize. I answered the phone and, and the lady said, this is so-and-so with uh, Knoxville police department, letting you know that your attacker 
um, is being released today. And I said, no, 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 you're letting the wrong person go. It's been four months. And she said, no, I'm sorry. He's being released on good time. And what really bothered me about that is I had yet to have good time. I couldn't walk without a walker. I was terrified to go anywhere by myself. I had to, even the small things I had to learn how to, to redo, to learn, to learn how to do. I had to learn how to pee standing up again. And I was supposed to be able to pat myself on the back for that, but it's something I'd done for 30 years. And I, I was having a hard time patting myself on the back for something that, that I've always done that has now been taken away from me. And knowing that he was being released on good time and I had yet to have a good day. You know, I have little nephews. They, they were real young at the time and they would always see me and run up and want me to grab them and throw them up in the air. And I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't lift them. I couldn't hardly stand on my own. And of course, I can't set them down and tell them why. And so they would run off screaming and mad and sad because I wasn't giving them the attention they needed. But yet this man is getting released on good time for good behavior. It, it was such a slap in the face. Wow. And I'm so sorry that you, you experienced that. And it's just mind boggling of how, you know, the, how people are so programmed and conditioned for hatred What I honestly think, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, like that's a sign of somebody that's truly not their authentic self that lives in fear, hatred, resentment, and even guilt. I, what I think, um, and and in my case, I'm not throwing this out to say this is everyone's situation because every situation is different. Mm -hmm. um, but what the clues and evidence and some of the things that have been said um, makes me believe that he did what he did to me because he is gay. And he saw me being my authentic self. He saw me being confident and and people accepting me and, and it caused some rage. I know that rape isn't based on what you're attracted to. In a lot of cases, it's more of a control thing. Um, there are people that have been raped uh, by the same sex and their attacker is not a homosexual. Um, because again, it's based on just, it, it, it's that control. Um, but in this case, I think that he saw me and saw me being loved and accepted and saw me accepting myself and it caused some rage in him. And you know what, since you're, you're bringing this up, cause I'm getting hit. It's because he could not be himself. He had to hide his true desire of who he wanted to be, but he was being because of fear 
and shame of what he was taught to believe that that you can't be that way. Probably most likely, you know, I had, um, received a lot of social media messages and, and I will say that within, uh, within a week I had received, um, uh, to because the courts had to run a report to try to track down where these death threats were coming from to say if they were his friends or family or, or, or whatever. And, uh, within a week I had received 2000, um, messages, uh, 250 of them were negative. Um, so 250 versus 2000, that's not a lot. Um, and they were, there were 50 ish that were, uh, death threats. Um, I found that I was developing a platform for people and I was getting emails from people that, you know, this one guy emailed me and told me that his little brother is gay and he hadn't hung out with his little brother or had anything to do with him because he is gay. And he heard my story on the news and he said, you know, even if you did take this straight man home for sex, you didn't deserve what happened to you. And, and because of him hearing my story, he reached out to his little brother and they are part of each other's lives today. And they still stay in touch with me because he was like, you know, that could have been my little brother. And so th- that's when I started realizing that I'm developing this platform that, that people are watching what I do and, and they're judging it. Some, some good and some bad. Um, people would start leaving comments on my page of, negative things about my attacker and I and it it took all I had to be a bigger better person you know um but I asked them to not use my page for that because I'm not the only victim of this his mother is a victim his child is a victim with this stuff being on the internet it's going nowhere when his child gets old enough to google him and it's all there you know there his the mother of his children are victims I did not want them to see all this negative stuff because my mother is having to see all this negative stuff and I'm the victim, you know, and, Wait, and you froze up. I'm sorry, David. That That's okay. Where did I freeze? Uh, like you, you were talking, you froze again. Oh no. Did you blink? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for some reason it's starting to act up. I don't know why. Um, you were talking about your mother. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I was the victim of this, right. But my mother is having to read and see and hear all these negative comments about me when I'm laying there fighting for my life because they wanted to blame me. And, and I did not want his mother, um, to see that. And his mother actually reached out to me and sent me a message and, she said, David, this is not how he was raised. And I'm so sorry. And she said that she sat in the courtroom and she just cried for me because of the way that I held myself and and that I tried to stay strong. But she could hear my voice, the, the fear and the tremble because this man that invited himself into my home and literally into my body is feet away from me. And, and to have to look him and breathe the same air as this man that changed my life forever. 
And, and to have her reach out to me and apologize, I thought really showed a lot on, on maybe the upbringing that he did have because everyone wants to love their son. Everyone wants to protect their son. It would have been so easy for her to even just, to just ignore, ignore it or, or not reach out to me, but, but she did. And, and I thought that was a, a very classy move. Right. And um, so what steps did you, you know, during all of this, start taking to heal yourself mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually? It um, was and is a long process. I, uh, you know, it's seven years old now. Um, the first year and a half, I uh, went to, um, luckily, states have a lot of resources for victims, and a lot of people don't know this. Um, I was able to see an amazing therapist that has saved my life. Um, I was seeing her twice a day. They let me pick who I wanted because I said, you cannot lock me in a room with a man. I, I developed a sphere of men. And so they gave, they gave me a lady. Um, her name is Melinda and she is my angel. Um, and I, I was in two hour therapy sessions twice a week. And she was helping me with little things because I, I I didn't know how to feel anything anymore. And, and sometimes I even met physically. And, and the thing is, and what she taught me is I was feeling things. I just now had to relearn what a good feeling is and know to, to label it as a good feeling or what a, or what a fear is and, and to label it as a fear. There was a lot of her holding my hand. There was a lot of me being mad and angry. I will never forget the time I walked into her uh, office and I said, Melinda, with all due respect, this is the last time you will see my face. You're a doctor and I'm not fixed. Why am I not fixed? And she mm. sent me down and she was like, David, I can't fix you. My job is not to fix you. Your job is to fix you. My job is to help provide you with those resources. And I was like, Oh, you're right. So I'll be here again that tomorrow for my second meeting, you know, like, <laughs> like it, it had something, something clicked for me. And, and then um, after about two years of uh, therapy um, with her individual therapy, they asked if I would be a part of a men's sexual assault group therapy. And I refused. I said, I cannot do it. I cannot be locked up in a room with all these men that have been sexually abused because they're going to think that a gay man is the one that sexually abused them. And then I'm the, uh, I'm in that category and they're going to take their anger out on me. And boy, was I wrong. Um, they uh, talked me into going, um, for lack of better words, um, because of course they, you know, they, they didn't force me to go. They just reassured me that everyone's been evaluated. You know, everyone knows that this is going to be a diverse crowd. And um, I went and every Monday I still go to sexual assault group therapy. Wow. 
And what did you discover about yourself doing that and about others? I learned that everyone has their own trauma. I learned that men can be raped. I learned that men can be abused and that women can hardly talk about it without repercussions or blaming the victim. Her shirt was too short or her skirt was too high or vice versa, <laughs> whichever way it goes. And, <laughs> um, and I learned too that I was completely wrong with the judgment I had on other men that have been raped, molested, or abused. Um, the, 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 these men are, they, they are a part of my saving grace. I, I know so many gay people, hell, I know so many straight people that would have laid in their pool of blood and died because they don't have the love and support that I have. And that is when I, that realization is when I wanted to be very proactive in learning about mental health and self-care and um, to be a part of building a platform. Wow. And, you know, wow, a lot of, a lot of growing. And I would love to have a private, like one-on-one -on -one session with you. And this is intuitive intuitively because i'm getting hit i'm like okay we'll just do oh, wow. this on the, on the show this is going to be something I love it. you know I love it. <laughs> and you'll get to experience the, the spiritual aspects of what i do i am now understanding it more uh -huh. to be able to offer a way for one it's a healing and an activation i love it and i believe it and it's and I channel highly evolved beings from other planets and they come and they speak through me, channel through me and they do their thing. And I'm like, okay, I love <laughs> so it. it's interesting. I, and and it, I feel so humbled, like, Oh, okay. So this is why I came here to do this, to help people. All right. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I should have been more detailed in, you know, what is it that I'm going to be doing? <laughs> I guess the real question is how to guide with that, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but what I find, you know, this is what I've learned. You know, we are all spiritual divine beings inside and a sexual being inside a human being. And, you know, we're this divine being that we are, the, the, this greater intelligence, this, this energy, this source that keeps your heart beating and you don't have to think about it, keeps your lungs exhaling and inhaling and you don't even have to think about it. That kind of source does not matter who you want to become. Doesn't matter what gender, doesn't matter what race. We are all gods. Yeah. Connected to this greatest. I it's it's just I connect with it because now I understand it. 
I was taught that God is an outside thing. And now that I connected from the inward thing, I know now who I am. And I can be whoever I want to be, do whatever I want to do, experience whatever I want to do. I love it. I love it. And I, that's why I created my platform. That's amazing. And I love give it. other people like you a chance to tell your story. Because there's probably somebody listening that just needed to connect with you because they experienced something. I um, always say that, you know, I, I am okay with what has been put on my plate because I know that I am strong enough to get, to get through it. Um, it's a struggle. It's a battle every day. I, but I'm starting to enjoy the ride. You know, I, when, especially with having that anniversary just a few days ago and, and looking where I was a year ago, three years ago, five years ago, and and it's even on the darkest, ugliest days, it, there's been some progression. What I've learned, and and the most important thing that I want to let people know is you need to visit the dark places when they come to you because they're there for a reason. Don't turn it off. Don't try to hide from it. Just don't unpack your suitcase and live there. You can visit, but don't unpack your suitcase and live there. That's not your home. But it's okay to, to find why you're having that emotion. Well, what my question to you, David, then is, you know, when that dark side or that trigger presents itself, to me, I look at it as an opportunity to finally heal from it. Mm -hmm. So it no longer holds you back from the future self that you're wanting to become and do and be. The advice That's that I look advice, at it. 100%. And, and to kind of ride the coattail on that um, is the advice that I got from my therapist and the individual therapy, when triggers started happening, I wasn't sure how to handle it and I was getting angry and I was getting mad and I never knew where to, I, I couldn't put my anger anywhere. So whatever was in front of me is what I was mad at because this man that did this to me was not in my life. You know, I wasn't able to call him and cuss him out and hang up the phone and then high five him two hours later because I was over it. You know, it, it wasn't, I, it wasn't just a little fight with my kid brother. Um, I started getting these triggers. Uh, the one that I remember the most that did the most damage to me when it, when it would happen is, you know, when you're uh, getting stuff out of a cabinet and sometimes the cabinet door will shut a little too hard, um, that would trigger me and it would cause me to have a full blown panic attack. Um, and you know, I, uh, trigger warning, but my body was moved from room to room. When I uh, had to go to back to my apartment, that was the crime scene. It looked like a horror film. There was blood splattered on the walls. There was claw marks down the hall where I was trying to find something to grab a hold of. Um, there was holes in the sheetrock and in the uh, blood splattered on the cabinets. 
And what we what we think is that sound of the cabinet slamming back and forth was the sound, the last sound that I heard of when he was kicking my head into the cabinet. And so that it, even talking about it now, I'm breaking into sweats. You know, um, my therapist asked me, um, where do I feel the safest? And this will kind of be a little funny too, because I'm at the point in life where I can either cry about everything or laugh and damn it, I'm tired of crying, you know? So I'm going to find the fun in things and laugh about things. And so um, my therapist asked me, where do you feel the safest? Um, and I told her in my bathroom because it was, uh, I lived um, in an apartment. I didn't have any windows in my bathroom. It was, a small confined area, but not to where I was claustrophobic. Um, but where I didn't feel like I had to watch my back. And she asked me, you know, what brings you down from that scary high? And, and my release was always music. And so she said, well, what if when you have good therapy to me? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, what if when you have those moments, you go lock yourself in the bathroom and turn on your music and just sing? And that's what I do to this day. That is still what I do. That has become, that's become my David time. That's become my happy place. It's become my safe place is when it now takes me two hours to get ready because I am singing and dancing and having fun in my bathroom, listening to the song that I picked. Uh, you know, singing as loud as I want to, as off key as I want to, that's my time. And that's where I feel the safest. And then she was like, you know, then after you get comfortable in there, branch it out, whatever room is the next room that's off of the bathroom, which in my case was, you know, my bedroom. Cause I would get ready in the master. Um, so then I would open the door and I would dance around and sing around in uh, the bathroom and the master bedroom. Then it led to being down the hall and then it led to the kitchen, you know, and, and finally my home became a safe, happy place for me. So I was having such hard time. I was having such a hard time in realization of patting myself on the back for those small things, such as when I walked to the mailbox for the first time by myself without a walker, I, everyone was cheering. Why the hell are you cheering that? I've, I've been walking for 30 years, you know, I would get so angry. Um, but now I've learned to enjoy it and, and how to pat myself on the back for those things. And, and it's okay to do that. And I had to give myself permission to enjoy that and to do that. And, and once I did, it changed my mental health. Oh yeah. I can imagine. And are, is there a book going to be coming, being created, a book? Um, there in the past week has been a talk of one, but nothing has been set in stone. It's just been an idea that's been played with, but yes. <laughs> I just sounds like the book. Ask about the book. I'm like, okay, a book, oh, no. something about a book. Wow. Maybe that's the confirmation I need to uh, do it. It's and been I'm getting hit. So I'm like, okay. Wow. Wow. Thanks. Ooh, <laughs> I'm like getting electricity going through my body right now. That's how I get hit wow. when I hear a message or when I hear or see truth, I get hit. It's 
like very interesting. <laughs> well, um, just so you know, for this conversation or for any conversation, I am a complete open book. There is nothing that I haven't shared. There's nothing that I won't share. There's nothing that I get offended by. I um, honestly think how I got to that place with being an open book is when the media released all the coverage that they did, I was completely exposed, but incorrectly. And I had to do all of this damage control. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was kind of one of those things where I can't, I, I, I can't hide anything for anyone to know the truth. And I shouldn't have to hide anything because one thing that I want to remind um, people who are victims of especially sexual assault is your partner can rape you. Your friend can rape you. If someone is inside of you that you gave permission to and 10 minutes later you ask them to get out and they don't, it's rape. If, if someone violates you in any way, no matter what they try to say of your clothes or your characteristics or anything about you, that's not justification. If you do not invite them in, that is not justification for them to do what they do or what they did. And I had to remember that myself because I went through this phase of not knowing my story. All I knew is what was being told to me by strangers and a person that thought he murdered me. How do, how do I think, how am I supposed to believe that all of a sudden you're telling the truth? You know, you just tried to kill me. And I had to realize that even if I did proposition him, even if that was why he came to my house, I did not deserve what happened to me. No. And no one does. And I want people to know that and remember that. Absolutely. Um, And here's another thing. It's like, you know, even looking on the other side, you were, like you said earlier, an open book. You just loved being you. That's the best version of you. And I, and my intentions of why I created this platform is to help people become the best version of themselves. And you got to start loving yourself where you're at and start being whoever that person may be. Yeah. Or who you want to be. Just start doing it. Who cares what anybody else thinks? Why be in misery and guilt and shame and fear when you can start living in joy, have peace, and be in harmony with yourself and who you who you, who you wanted to be, mm-hmm. what you wanted to become? That, that never made sense to me seeing people the way they are and how they behave. I'm like what's wrong with you? You know, why don't you just be you? Okay. If you don't like this being this way, then what is it that you want to be? Be you. No one can be you, but you. Yes. We've been taught. You have to be this way. You got to do this. You got to do that because that's what they were taught. Mm -hmm. 
to be. So it's in, in another way, you're, you, we're living another person's life instead of our own life. You chose to be you and live your life on your terms. And you are happy with that. Yeah. You are enjoying your life. And you're, you're enjoying your life now, too. Very there, much there's, so. There... In the session, I'll, I will talk to you, but there's some things that I'm going to help you with that's just going to take you to a whole nother level. And I'm so honored to be that person to help you do that. Um, I, I am just in awe of the God that I'm seeing in you, you, David. It, it's just truly an honor and pleasure. And I'm so proud of you. Thanks. And it's just a true pleasure to meet a wonderful and amazing God that you are being in that human being. Thank you. And I love you. <laughs> well, I love you too. Thank you so much. That that really does mean a lot. I um, uh, started a podcast about four months ago. It's called Surviving Abuse Podcast. And I wanted to bring a platform and awareness to all forms of, of abuse. So I've got men and women and, you know, it could be about rape or um, physical or mental, you know, drug addiction, just every form of, of abuse you can imagine. And, and it's become therapy within itself for me. I look forward to having these discussions and, and I always, because because these are deep, dark, ugly topics. And so I always try to end with the positive things that we're doing, what we have done to overcome or what we're doing to overcome, where we are with our faith, whatever that may be. And, and these past four months of doing my podcast has been the best four months that of, of my recovery. You know, it's the people that have been brought into my life, such as you now, um, has been, it's been an amazing journey. And like I said to you before we started recording that, you know, I'm starting to enjoy the ride and that, 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 that that's a big part of it. This podcast is a big part of that. Yes. And I am, when did you launch, you, you launched it four months ago? In July. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so and how, it's been really well. And when did when does it like air or um luckily because of COVID and working from home, I was able to really just drown myself with it for a while. So I have a lot of pre-recorded episodes. So I release a new episode every uh Friday morning and I usually do a recording on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um and it, it's the people I've met, the stories that I've heard. There are just such amazing, strong people out there, you know, and, and they they need to be heard. Some of these stories have been public, but what's been, they, they've been romanticized or focused on the attacker. And I want the victim to be able to share where they are and, and to let something be about them for, for a change, you know, because we're the ones that are still struggling every day. 
and and it's a fight for us every day. And I I know that I end up, and I'm sure you know too, when you're editing and stuff, you're listening to to these conversations two and three times before it's released. And I just fall in love with them more and more each time. You know, they're they're my family now. Oh, I I sort of wait until the day of it airs and I listen to it myself. Like, me too. oh my gosh, I forgot about that. <laughs> like, me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I like to be the audience too, and then get my right. own like get feedback. Like, oh wow, maybe I should talk about this. Or hey, mm-hmm. I'd like to get you know somebody that's an expert in this right. know, kind of thing. And it, it's been you know fascinating. Mine. I've had wake up with KC since last October. Oh wow! So I already had a oh, year. Is, yeah, you just had your anniversary, so that's still new. But I think yeah. like I always try to find the the positive sides of COVID, and there's probably not very many. But you know, for myself, I have advanced with my podcast, which has been great. Which has been that therapy that I need. But I've also seen where mental health and self-care is becoming more knowledgeable to people and and it's starting to become a priority to people. Well, I mean, there's it's like almost like a 50-50 based on what I observe and see. You know, there's some people that are so stuck in the programs and the limited beliefs and whatnot, but others took it as an opportunity to reinvent themselves. That's Mm -hmm. how I looked at COVID. COVID gave me a chance to start my podcast. I went back to school to brush up on my skills. So that's what I did. You know, and I think that's how the universe was trying to get everybody's attention. It's like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, push you into You know, and I've listened to several of your episodes and I really enjoy your show. Oh, thank you. Which episode? <laughs> um, so and I'm horrible with with names. Um the uh ah, Ashley I, Michelle. What was it? Ashley Michelle. Yes, why can I not think of her name? We text every day now. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm so yes. happy. Yes, yes, she's gonna be a guest on my show too. Um, uh, you can you can edit out all that blank space to where I, and make it look like I'm smart, and know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but no, she went when because uh, I had messaged you and because I, I wanted to get to know you and get to know your show and your format. And um, I had because I have a desk job, so I can put in my headset, do my paperwork, you know, and so I listen to podcasts. And, uh, so, so you and I had been introduced and, and we had been texting. And so the next day, I guess it was, I was at work and I was like, Oh, I'm going to listen to Casey. And, and so I was thumbing through. And so I was like, well, let me just message her and say, Hey, you know, what is something that would maybe resonate with me a little bit? And, um, of course it takes everyone's working or in school or, or so it, it, which granted you were still fast at responding. It was probably like a minute and a half. But I had just started listening to Ashley's because I came across and I was like, oh, my gosh, um, there was a lot there was a lot of similarities in her story. And so you messaged me back and, and uh, said hers. I sent you a screenshot and I was like, 
I'm on it already. <laughs> great minds, right? Yeah, but I just fell in love with her, and I uh, reached out to her and let her know that I was going to be a guest on your show, and that I found her through your show. And uh, she messaged me back that evening, and we talked several times. And we're going to do um, a pre-screening this Sunday. Awesome! I'm so happy for you both. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful yeah, lady. Such going through story. my body now. I'm like, ooh, that's, that's good. That, that's thing. What, and and that's what I love about podcasting too is none of us care to share our guests. You know, we don't feel threatened by it. Like we want everyone to just receive what whoever is is offering us, and I just think that's great and. And when I had messaged you and was like, hey, do you think you'd get me in touch with her? Because I know that some people don't get their messages or it goes into junk mail or whatever. You're like, oh, absolutely. I'll see what I can do. Like you, you were right on board with that. And so I appreciate um, that love and support. Well, because it, that, that was that whole, I, I, and I'm getting hit. Woo. The whole purpose is because I believe in synchronicities. There's a good book, um, The Celestine Prophecy. But they talk about energy. Sometimes people come into your life to give you a message and then you vice versa have mm -hmm. a message for them. And that is it. And I feel like in podcasting, it's connecting people that need to be connected to for, for whatever reason. And that I'm so open that I know intuitively that and I, I get hit. So I'm speaking truth. That was that the part of it we connected on one way but there was somebody waiting to connect with you and that's how it works that's how universal the cause and effect of helping people you know because they needed to get a message to help them along their path and i believe with podcasting that's the way the new way of doing it it's crazy how my mind works and how that's i see smart. things in a spiritual realm of things. So I think that is the most awesome thing when I hear something like that. It's like, wow, okay. I'm, I'm doing good. This yep. is what I'm supposed to be doing. Connecting <laughs> yep, people. Right, right, so, absolutely. I, I'm just so, so in awe with you. And I'm so glad you and um, Ashley connected. Um, so... I do believe I put in um, the show notes for everybody to get access to you and okay. connect with your podcast. So that's Perfect. there. Um, what else can I sh share? Do, is there anything? Something about that book. <laughs> well, so when there's it, a book <laughs> and I look forward to having a one-on-one -on -one coaching session with you. So yes, please, yes, message me, message me about that. And um, I definitely will. And you also, we have we have scheduled at least for your listeners to at least check this episode of mine out um, because we have you as a guest on on my show coming up in a couple weeks. Yes, I will be talking about my abuse growing up and what I've experienced and what I've learned from it and how I overcame and, and what I realized in the process. So yeah. I look forward to sharing that. I think 
you know, it's time to to share those those words of wisdom, if you want to call it. And yeah. I feel more free. I am just more free and I feel liberated and I'm just being me. The right. goddess version of the essence of this being that I'm connected to. And that is a, a ride in itself and an adventure and the experiences that I've been experiencing. I just, I wish everybody could just experience this. Like I could just do a wave to them or just send out this energy and everybody gets instantly transformed and being their best version of themselves. I know. But that's, that, that's like real big, thinking and you know is it possible yes anything's possible so i think the podcast is starting to do the dot you know the dom domino effect and uh -huh. just little trickles of here and then they'll spread so yeah. that's yeah yeah so i look forward to being on your show good good well i want to thank you david it was truly once again, a pleasure and an honor to have you on this show. And thank you for sharing your experience and and what you're doing now to help others. That is truly an amazing thing to do. Well, thank you. I, I'm so glad that you're doing it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the the platform and and the love and support that you've thrown at me. And I cannot wait to continue this relationship because I have a feeling you're kind of, you're stuck with me now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you know what? I have a bigger family now, so I love it. Absolutely. This is great. And I love your little jacket. I love that color. It's like a fall oh, color. Yes, it's fine. It's cold here. I woke up this morning and I had to like start my car. Um uh for the first time and we had let's see sunday was halloween so we had our uh six-year annual uh chili cook-off where everyone brings a, a crop pot of chili in their pumpkin and we carve pumpkins so my yard is full of pumpkins and my house is full of chili still and then today was very cold so i got to throw on a fall sweater i'm so excited about it <laughs> It's oh, man, I wish I like it got cooler down here because I'm in South Florida, so it right. very rarely gets cold here. Yeah. So when it does, I'm I'm like a little kid, like a, you know, get ready to open a present. Like, oh my god, it's getting cold. Uh, like, where's the sweater? Get yeah. him out of the attic. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. Well, thank you, David, and I look forward to being on your show. I do believe it's next Tuesday. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wait, is it next Tuesday? Are I've got it on my calendar. I know it's next week. Is it Tuesday or Wednesday? I've got it on my calendar, but my calendar is not in front of me. The it's 16th? actually the 16th because I'm going away next week. Oh, So good. it is the 16th. So okay. I'm going to go see my, my grandkids in Texas. I can't wait. Oh, my so, dad lives in Texas. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, they're in Alvin, Texas. Oh, very cool. My dad's in uh, Tyler. I don't, I don't, know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many of us that my dad just comes here. It's cheaper for him to just fly here and see us. And uh, because me and my brother, my brother's kids, we're all still here. So instead of my dad paying for all of us to go there, he just comes here and, and hangs out at my house mm -hmm. with us. So <laughs> I've been to Texas once. <laughs> oh, I went, the first time I went to Texas, it snowed after Harvey. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so I got to experience 
my oldest daughter and my youngest daughter and my granddaughter experienced snow for the first time. That is priceless. Wow. And, and I, I we got that snowball fights. Yeah. It was it was just truly amazing. And that There's was a memory. You can't put money. No, no. And that was the first time that it snowed in Texas in what, like 10 or something years, I think they said. Because it never mm -hmm. snows there. But but this was it this past year, 2021 or 2020? Was that what I happened? No, it was. I don't think it snowed. It did snow last year, too, I do, because of all the, the energy and, and whatnot. But they usually said, like, when a major hurricane hits texas mm -hmm. you can guarantee it's gonna snow well i'll stay in contact with you we'll book a Please session do. and you enjoy your evening and thank you again david thank you and safe travels and we'll talk on the 16th okay all right see ya well, there you go. What a very emotional and inspirational, motivational uh, experience that David shared with you. I hope this helps. My intentions is this is why I started this podcast. And you know what? You'll never know who I'm going to get on this show. Stay tuned for another episode with Wake Up With Casey. Do you agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility, even for our ancestors that did not know any better? I've been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation. <laughs>